0: Oh yeah, real lifers, citizens of the world, welcome to the Real Life
1: Global Movement where our mission is to inspire, empower, and connect the world through English. We believe that English should be a fun and enriching part of your life that you can practice and enjoy whenever and wherever you want. Are you tired of boring lessons that suck the life out of your learning? Are you ready to step up your game and become a kick ass English speaker? Well,
2: we're here to guide and inspire you on your journey to true lifelong fluency. It's time to stop just learning English and start living it. Can again, oh Aw, yeah. Oh yeah.
0: yeah. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, senhoras and senhoras from all over the world. This is Chad from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts is a fun, natural, effective, and... ...incentivizing. Or... kung pao Way to learn English. So download this podcast now, and listen to us while you're stuck in traffic, ironing your t-shirt, walking the dog, or... Taking a standardized test. (laughs) Or? Eating some Chinese food. Or drinking some lemon tea for your sore throat. Lime tea. Lime tea. I keep saying that. (laughs) I'm joined here today in the studio with the man, the legend, Justin Murray. What is up? Yo, yo. Yo, yo? What's going on? Um, Not much. Just chilling. Yeah? Just, uh... Having a nice brainstorm with you guys before the uh, before the podcast, right? A lot of great ideas flowing around, positive energies. Yep. Also, the Mr. V himself, the man, the other legend, right? I already said Justin was the man, the legend, but you are like...
2: I'm not that legendary. No? Nah.
0: Okay. How you doing today, then, man? Doing pretty good.
2: Yeah? Yeah. yeah have a nice sleep? Uh, could have slept more hours, probably, yeah. but... Yeah, yeah.
0: You no. Know. Now that we are roomies...
1: Yeah. What are roomies?
0: Roomies means room
1: mates. Yeah. So we don't so we don't actually like live you guys don't actually live in the same room, do you? No, no, we don't no. share the same room. But we live in the same house. Well, Why we, is a
2: room is a roommate? Well literally, right? Okay. It would be someone who shares the same room, but in the US we use that for people who share an apartment or house or whatever. In England they say
0: flat mates. Flatmates. Yeah. So flatmate. mate, mate, what is mate? You're
1: Australian mate, right? Yeah, mate <laughs> yeah, means friend, my friend. Hey, friend. B- like, mate also means like a partner to have kids with, right? Mm. As well. Oh,
0: yeah, you're right. And it can also be the act of mating, which <laughs> yeah. is like fornicating, right? Yeah.
2: What's fornicating?
0: Having sex. Yeah. S- we workforce. don't do that. So yeah, that's not, flat- the, that's, not kind of, that's not the kind of roommate we have. <laughs> so, yeah,
1: flatmate, roommate, classmate. Classmate. Workmate. Workmate. Yeah. First mate. What's that?
2: Like on a uh,
0: <laughs> on a ship, right? The yeah, first mate, the captain, okay. the first mate. Yeah. yeah, the captain's like like Best his friend. It's like his right hand man. <laughs> right hand man. What does that mean? A right hand man or woman. Not being sexist here, um, can be the person that assists you the most. Like if you are the CEO of a company, like Justin CEO, <laughs> you have a right hand man, which is the, uh, the the person who who knows all the little detailed things that he has to do to assist and help the the CEO.
2: Hmm. right have like Obama's right hand man I guess is Biden 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 the vice president of the US oh okay Yeah. to be Michelle his wife hmm. could be his right hand woman <laughs> yeah she helps him out <laughs> yeah 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 Yeah, it's not always
0: in a uh, it is generally a professional term though right yeah, right hand yeah. man mm-hmm.
2: um. so you go to for advice I think a lot right Hmm.
0: yeah it's true uh, any other mates you can think of not really I think that's all the mates covered I think you pointed to me and said Australia because in Australia we say well, I don't say it as often but many people will say mates like hey mate yeah okay mate mate is friend
2: right yeah Oh, well, mm-hmm. what'd you do last night Ah, oh, I hung out with some mates mm-hmm. the US might be a bit strange if you call someone mate really yeah England though I think it's super
1: common as well mm-hmm. I've adapted it because in, in global English you <laughs> can definitely use it
0: hmm well, I guess if you understand um, that in Australia people say that, and depending on your environment, you can adapt to that. But, oh, everyone's saying mate, so I'll say mate.
2: Yeah. Right? I think it could be quite funny some of the... Because there's a lot of words that people in Brazil are very friendly. And in Portuguese, they use a lot of different words to like refer friends that I think would be quite funny if you translated them to English, like, uh, say, like, son. Son. How are you, How are you doing, son? But they
0: <laughs> say that sometimes in certain places, like certain... Um, yeah you know maybe like social groups like yo what's up, son
1: you said it's kind of like gangster right yeah in some sense but son is more like uh there's a, a educational relationship one person is educating the other right mm a little okay. bit one person is more like more experienced and is helping the other person mm
2: could be or you could say like uh sometimes you might say that's like a younger boy mm-hmm. just as like a way to refer to him even if he's not actually your son
1: mm-hmm.
0: mm But I feel like when they say that in Portuguese, for example, it has this sense of kind of like endearment, Mm -hmm. like you really like that person, you know, Mm -hmm. as if it's, I'm not sure if it's so like coming from authority, Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe uh, I'm missing that one. But awesome, Uh, we have a lot of cool stuff to talk about, like I said, we had an awesome brainstorm just before this podcast, and a lot of it revolves around a recent article written by Mr. V himself and talking about authority and some and stuff like that we we started talking about education and your kick-ass article which was called education is effed up what does
2: effed up mean in this case in this case well it's a pun so effed up it's a pun. it's a pun pun yeah what does that mean a pun is a it's oftentimes it's a joke but it's a play on words it's basically and this is really common in the english language um, it's basically when a word has two meanings, and so you know it can be kind of using it for a second meaning, but it gives some sort of confusion that makes so it the, funny. The obvious meaning
1: of "effed up" is what? It
2: would be "fucked up." Mm-hmm. Right? So we don't
1: say we don't say "fuck," so we avoid saying "fuck" by using the F word, right? Yeah. If someone F'd didn't
2: actually want to curse, they could say, "Hey, that's really effed up." Mm-hmm. What would they mean by that?
1: That's really fucked up. It's messed up. It's it's a really bad thing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: You say, like, uh, eating meat is really effed up because you're murdering helpless animals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. F- but um,
0: it can also be... Yeah, effed up is like it's wrong, but it's like, oh, man, that's effed up. It's like maybe it's kind of disgusting or something like that. Too. Yeah. It has a few different... It's some something that kind of
1: blows your mind. It made, it, it's so... In a bad negative way. In, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
2: But it, I think it can also be used kind of like... Jokingly or, or in a funny way amongst friends. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, what do you mean by f up? What's, what's the pun of it? What's the second meaning here? So the,
2: the pun of it is education is f up. The F standing for in, in the American grading system, we have A, B, C, D, and F. So mm-hmm. A is the best and F is the worst. So F is like
1: under 60%, right?
2: Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, that's right. Like an A is 90 to 100, then B is 80 to 90, and so on and less than 60% is an F and the F also stands for failure. Mm-hmm. So... Do you think that's why they skipped E? So, you know, we don't, we don't have two, man. You know, they
0: got to E like, oh, man, but F actually says fail. Let's use that. You know? Yeah. Let's just skip E. Let's mm-hmm. just make these
2: kids feel really bad about not, yeah. Have, yeah. not passing. You're yeah. a failure. You're never... a <laughs> yeah. They should just put E for exclude, right? Yeah. <laughs> Excluded from the actual thing, right?
0: <laughs> uh, cool. So, um... Very interesting article. It was about the grading systems itself, right? You say so. the The con, the idea was like saying, why that's kind of effed up to put you just mentioned, like, so kids feel really bad when they get an F, when they like fail, like you're a loser. And I think that was one of the main points of your article was like, just that system itself isn't really promoting kids to to really excel or, or even. Mm-hmm see failure as something that maybe is you're kind of getting rejected from everyone else right yeah
2: we see failure as something really negative when in fact it should be we should be teaching kids failure is not a bad thing it's a good thing because it's an opportunity to learn and i also had written like an article on mistakes it's a similar thing that mistakes and failure which generally like this education system is teaching us they're bad things they're actually things that are like stepping stones they're really necessary on your journey to being successful at anything It's like in English,
1: this is really easy to exemplify in English, right? Mm -hmm. Or learning a new language, that the the way to actually learn the language and communicate is to make a lot of mistakes. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I think,
2: you know, this basically what the system, the educational system is cultivating with like English learning is a great example. Learning any language is that generally you get marks off, for example, on the exam for every mistake you make. But in reality, uh, you can't expect to just keep studying the English until you can speak it perfectly. It's like you have to start speaking, start making mistakes, and correcting those mistakes.
1: By the way, Ethan, you just made a mistake. It's not educational. It's the education system.
2: The educational system? The education system? (laughs) (laughs) You got an F, man. You got an F. (laughs) Fuck. You fucked up. (laughs) What does that mean if you say, I fucked up?
1: That means so I made a mistake. Fuck is a really bad word. Just be careful when you use it,
2: by the way. Yeah. Mm. We're amongst friends here, so... And, you know, all you listeners are our friends, so we feel comfortable enough dropping a few F-bombs. Yeah. And I think... F-bomb. You, <laughs> F-bomb is, is basically using the F-word.
1: Yeah, because it, it's like a bomb. Yeah. Because it they, explodes. It can be... It can cause some problems if you use it in the wrong situations. Yeah. yeah. So if you wrongs- t-
2: with your auntie, don't... <laughs> don't be dropping any F-bombs. With your auntie? auntie? With your auntie, your, your aunt okay but auntie is like kind of uh more British I don't know if it could also be Australian way of saying it
0: I'd say auntie my uh, auntie yeah I don't remember anymore oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I don't you know what to, the hell I'm speaking you need to take a quick trip to Australia and I do learn your Aussie I do just to finalize this thought about using the F-bomb I think a lot of it is also with the uh intention behind saying it and like if you say like trying to offend someone or like specifically trying to hurt someone that's where the words are really uh Really violent and, and kind of powerful, but if we're just joking around and saying the f bomb, you know, we're not trying to offend anyone, you know.
1: Of course, of course, the sensitivity to the people around you. Maybe they don't even have any idea what you're what you're saying. Definitely. Exactly.
2: I think though, as like the culture in the United States, at least I could say, is evolving. I think people are getting less uh, are less sensitized to curse words. That mm-hmm. kind of happens. I think with curse words in general, new
1: words emerge that become the the taboo words, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Can't really. Can you think of any that are like really newer but are quite offensive?
1: Maybe the. I think I've heard one of one of the most number two most offensive word in the English language um, is the c word.
2: Okay. And what's the c word? You guys use it's, a it, lot it, in Australia. It's, it's
1: so offensive that you can't actually use this word. <laughs> oh, okay. So <laughs> it's called <laughs> the c word. <laughs>
0: it's funny because that word. Uh, should we just just say it yeah. so they know what we're talking I'm about? I'm not going to say it. <laughs> well, I'll spell it and then I'll say it. The word is c u n t. I would pronounce it cunt. And the reason it's kind of funny is because, for example, in Australian English, when I say I can or I can't, and that is so close to the word c u and the c word. You know, it's like if you—it's pretty much the same phonetic words coming out of my mouth, but because it has a connotation that's really. Well, it actually means like a, a woman's female parts, right? Yeah. In a in a vulgar, really, it's not even that vulgar, but anyway,
2: we I should not think it's actually that bad of a word either. It's a, I think it's the 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 bad part of it is if you actually use it in a derogatory way towards a woman.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we digress, though. So. Maybe. What do you mean? We digress. We digress. It means we're, we're losing our focus. Maybe we're we can talk, talk about it. this in the next podcast, okay. possibly or, or a few <laughs> podcasts from a now. A podcast on the c-word. <laughs> a podcast on, <laughs> on bad words and, and swear words and what what it means and, and you know the, the the cultural aspects around it. Yeah. Yes, I agree. But
0: coming back to what you were talking about with, for example, English learning and failing and having to pass tests and stuff like that, where it seems like the real. Place to learn quickly would be to actually just using the language and like just now for example if you say a word and like, hey that's wrong you're like, oh shit and like you, you you learn much more um effectively when you were like making the mistake quickly iterating and and fixing it and i think you remember it much more because it's in context what do you right? mean by
1: I- iterate? iterate 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 is to um quickly change something to learn integrate the learnings right the, the, the new lessons and then and then evolve, right? Mm-hmm. Do it in a new way. Yeah. One thing I'd like to um, add to this right here is I think something that's very detrimental. What's detrimental me? Something that's bad. It causes damage mm-hmm. um, to the process is, is really what, what the fear, the the, the the actually being really scared to make those mistakes. Mm. That's what's the worst thing because it really contracts you. Mm-hmm. Contracts, you get really scared of it by actually trying and it's almost like you um, um, just if you don't open your mouth and then when you do you just get scared and it's worse yeah
2: mm-hmm. and so then you think like oh i need to study more i can't speak yet i need to study more and mm-hmm. it's like this endless cycle of of you never actually speak because you just keep getting more and more scared and then you study more and then you're even more scared of making mistakes
1: it's just really psychologically damaging yeah. and, and the psychological um violence is almost like the standard in education Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. What do you mean, kind of, by that psychological violence?
1: Well, in the in the sense of like just constantly judging, and it's almost like you're you're attacking somebody for being wrong. And so that attack, you know, attacking somebody ends up causing the, the increased damage, mm-hmm. right? right? It's beyond just the the initial mistake. Yeah, it gets worse and worse and worse.
2: Yeah, and I think like these poor kids that get out of school, and it's it's really it's English is a great example, but it's really with anything that you get out into the real world to you get a job or whatever and it's like you still have that deep fear of like making any mistake but that's really like creativity totally comes out of failing and then like iterating like we were saying and being okay
1: with your with your defects with your errors and flaws Mm -hmm. so that that just kind of like opening it up and just saying you know what my my english isn't perfect that's okay and like
2: really just creating a mindset of like of learning of learning from those mistakes like it's okay to make mistakes because i'm going to learn and become better and it's kind of like the uh create a cultivating growth mindset right
1: yeah so yeah growth versus fixed mindset we did a podcast on this before this is um an idea in educational psychology which basically talks about you know two um mindsets what does mindset mean mindset is a way of thinking it's kind of like, yeah, your perspective, your attitude sort of towards mm-hmm. something, kind of your collection of beliefs and, and, and um, ways of thinking about something. So two mindsets, there's a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. And the fixed mindset is more, you kind of have a perspective that failure is bad, that um, intelligence is something that you inherit from your parents, mm-hmm. right? And, that, and, that, um,
2: and on the opposite side of that could be the person who always is getting an A, uh-huh. always getting A's, always getting good grades. And the teacher or their parents or whatever is like, oh, you, you know, you're doing so good. You must be, you're so smart. Mm-hmm. Instead of telling them like, you work so hard. Mm-hmm. Because if you tell them that they're really smart, then, you know, when they, when they do fail, then they think like, oh, it's, it's, you know, it's not important because like, I'm really smart. So there's a problem with that. Instead of thinking like, I didn't work hard enough. I need to work harder next time. Absolutely. Which would be a growth mindset. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so
1: there, it's, there are two different ways of looking at, um, for example, grades, right? And learning. Like the fixed mindset is more interested in the external validation, getting that grade because I I got an A on that paper. And so this is the most important thing where the growth mindset, what do they, what what do they value?
0: Uh, I guess they value like the actual, um, like the experience of doing something, right? Learning. They want to actually learn, right? Mm -hmm. They don't care about their grade. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Also, they don't need, they don't even need, uh... External recognition from people saying, "Hey, you're good. You got the greatest." Like they, they feel they have this more like internal sense that, "Oh, I know how to do that now. I'm I'm,
1: dev- I'm progressing really well." Yeah, I'm learning a lot. So that growth mindset is more focused on the actual learning rather than the external representation of that. Mm-hmm. they're More focused on that they're okay with challenge with the difficulty of learning because that's natural, mm-hmm. and they and they see that um, it's going to take a lot of effort to be successful, a lot of times mm-hmm. that that um, and. They see that that, that that maybe they don't know how to do it now and so it's like when you don't know how to do it it's more like yet but I will learn
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah the yet is very important there
1: right yeah, yeah.
2: The, I think like another another big problem with um, with this whole grading system the way we do it is that it's just become uh, kind of a thing of compliance of getting good grades kind of you do it because it's what's expected but you're not doing it actually for that what we were talking about like that kind of internal Satisfaction of the actual learning. So basically, I think it's this thing. It's like where you learn the information, you regurgitate it on the exam. Regurgitate, <laughs> regurgitate is vomit. But in this sense, it kind of means that you're just kind of like taking it in and then like spitting it out. Not um, processing spit, it, right? Not, not actually internalizing the information so that you could actually uh, put it to use.
0: It's like the information doesn't mean anything to you. It's like you're you're storing it in your brain just so you can put it back onto paper to pass a test. But you yeah. don't actually use it for anything it has no importance
2: which is like for a lot of information that's really useless nowadays because we all have our phones on us all the time with internet we can just like google any of this information so actually that kind of memorizing or regurgitating information is not a useful skill
1: it's sort of like a, a product of this you know past time period mm-hmm. The industrial period which yeah. is very parallel to that right because it's almost like industrial education uh, factory education mm-hmm. we put you in one size fits all cookie cutter what wait, wait, one size fits-all what does that mean it means it's like you don't customize it-huh it's cookie cutter you know when you make cookies yeah out of the the, the material for cookies which is called dough cookie dough mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you take um, there's a there's a template a template like a standard a metal shape yeah that you use to cut it and so you cut every cookie has the same shape mm-hmm. right and so the cookie cutter education system is like you're you're making everybody the same. Mm-hmm. you're not recognizing the the individual differences you're not customizing it individual
2: mm-hmm. learning styles Yeah, it's, it's like a, that image right there's like a really great image which we could probably put on the uh, podcast page it, it says it's, it's sort of like comic a drawing that's got a bunch of different animals you've got like a, a dog a fish, an elephant, a monkey and then you have like the teacher I guess who's in front of them and he's saying that uh for a fair selection, everybody has to take the same exam, and there's a tree, and he says, please climb that tree. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. you have, the, the monkey looks really happy because climbing a tree is easy for him, but the elephant and the fish and the dog, they all look shocked because none of them are actually able to climb a tree. Yeah, well, this the is fish is probably like, what the fuck is a tree? <laughs> <laughs> this is this is like ties in very well to like our, our actual, edu- how the education is, the cookie cutter system because it's like you're expecting people with a bunch of different learning styles to basically show their learning in the exact same way.
1: So there's, interestingly, that um, we've talked about this in the past. Um, uh, the psychologist Howard Gardner, he has a theory about multiple intelligences, which has you know, gained a lot of traction in the educational world. It's mm-hmm. like, generally, we're evaluated on, on just our cognitive intelligence a lot of times, which is a very like analytical, very specific type of, of knowledge or, or, or ability. Mm-hmm. When really, he says... There are like actually like eight or nine different um, types of intelligences, and it's really important to value each of them. Maybe you know a certain person isn't like so great at memorizing or regurgitating, like you said. They're not so analytical, but maybe they're good at other things. And so some of the intelligences um, maybe you'd like to read, Chad. I looked up um, an image on the internet that talks about the different intelligences. What are they? Um, One second. We have interpersonal
0: intelligence. I guess that's being able to interact with other people, uh-huh. communication. People skills, right? People skills. People who learn. Oh, that would from... be, oh yeah, interpersonal. You also have uh, visual or spatial. Spatial. Spatial, there you go. <laughs> Pronunciation <laughs> lesson. Uh, what's that? Oh, artistic, I guess, painting and things like this. That's
2: learn, well, I think it's actually learning styles, right? So, like, visual would be like you learn well by, like, you have to see something. Hmm, okay. I'm kind well, of that, like That's that. one aspect
1: of when we talk about styles, but. I think this is a little bit different. We have naturalistic. Those are people who are really good at like um, identifying and classifying things in nature. Mm. Maybe like a biologist, mm, really okay. good at that. Uh, logical, mathematical. I guess that's the. So that's the, pretty
2: self-explanatory.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, existential.
2: Philosophers.
1: Yeah, kind of like you have a big picture view of the world. You think about, you know, what's the meaning of life, Mm -hmm. right?
0: Even, like, futurists. Like, what's going to really happen in the future with this this evolution of of technology?
2: Kind of like thinkers.
0: Thinkers, yeah. Musical and rhythmic
2: people. That'd be like you, right? Uh,
0: I try to be. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, musical, rhythmic, okay. See, Uh, like,
2: some people, they have, like, a knack for picking up, like, music, listening to sounds. They can even, like... Uh, hear a song and then like play it on the guitar without seeing any notes Mm -hmm. maybe these type of people they'd be good with learning with our podcast yeah Mm -hmm. they probably it's probably the same that they they're good at like listening and then internalizing to have a knack
0: you said yeah
2: that you have a talent for something Mm -hmm. like
0: he has a knack for music means he has a special talent for that Uh, bodily or kinesthetic learning by doing probably like motor memory like muscle memory and stuff like that
1: yeah even like Teachers that are good about um, really um, helping students with different styles, they might have students get up, move around a lot, and get them engaged, use their body mm-hmm. to walk and move. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I guess like athletes, obviously, they're really good at
0: controlling their body too. Dancers. Dancers, yeah. And lastly, it would be uh, verbal and linguistic. Uh-huh. Language learners, right?
1: Yeah, that's more, not even just language learners. We're, you know, we're all learning languages, right? Sure, that's true.
0: But... Being able to do stuff with your words, right? Being able to like, for example, with the other day I showed these guys a really awesome podcast by Joe Rogan. Uh, he interviewed Russell Brand.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should link that in the show notes because it's so... Yeah,
0: it's a three-hour podcast and they speak, like his English is probably a little hard to understand because he has yeah. a thick British accent. But the way that he uses his words is just kind of magical. It's like the way he, he speaks so quickly and he uses such an, a poetic way of explaining stuff. Like, well, that guy has a knack. For just, like, communicating
1: his thoughts really And he's, he's really funny, too. It's a, yeah, yeah. He's very entertaining. And so if you want to learn British humor, mm-hmm. I think it's interesting, and especially this guy's humor. He also has a very
0: uh, existential kind of th- th- way that he... The, the subjects that he talks about are very existential. Mm-hmm. Consciousness and... Yeah. He talks and, uh, a lot about the hero's journey in Joseph Campbell. We did a podcast on that before. Yeah, we did. So I'll link it. It's pretty cool. If you've never heard of Joe Rogan, he's a... Yeah, whatever. It's it's a long podcast. You might want to listen to it in a few different uh, sessions. Yeah. But coming back to what we were talking about, one last thing I wanted to add that I was just remember now is talking about the education system and how you know not one size fits all kind of thing. Another thing that makes me a little bit mad too is specifically with English learning, like ESL schools. One thing that I noticed, especially here in Brazil, is. They have like a, a course where it's like become beginner all the way to advanced in that time period. Mm-hmm. And all they're really doing is just charging people to go through this system and they don't really have a, a, a way of saying, well, you're actually, you are evolving. It's just more like just pay, go through the system and then will spit you out. Maybe you speak English, maybe you don't. Like, I've had, 90% fail, right? <laughs> 90% of them fail. And also you see maybe two people that have gone through the same system and one of them doesn't speak anything. Another one speaks kind of okay, you know. So it's like, how did they both graduate from that English school, you know? I think and you see it's more of a money-making uh, system as opposed to like a real. They're really invested in educating those people, you know.
1: Right. That's where it's. And how do you standardize that? How do you standardize somebody's motivation to learn? Mm-hmm. Because if somebody doesn't want to learn, right? There's nothing you can. Even the best teacher in the world is not going to teach them yeah. if they don't really want to learn. So it's like, it's what? What's that motivational structure that person has? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the thing is, you
2: can't standardize it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, it too, like, uh, on the the same kind of topic of this is that this also just kind of, like, takes students and, and because it's just, like, um, valuing, valuing one type of learner, who's usually the person who's, like, very good at, like, internalizing information and then, like, reporting it, but it makes other people think that they're like, they're not smart or they're bad learners or something when that's not really true. It's just like you have a different learning style that these examinations, the standardized system is not valuing. Mm. So I think it's like you get all these people who falsely believe that they're not very smart or they're a bad learner. Like I've heard so many times people just say like, Oh, I'm a, you know, I'm a bad language learner. Mm -hmm. I can't learn English because I'm a bad, bad language learner.
1: Yeah. And it's kind of a dilemma because the system is old and the, it demands innovation, right? Totally. It's not like, you know, somebody is actually imposing this. It's not I don't think it's a conspiracy theory, you know. <laughs> Maybe yeah. it is, I don't know. But <laughs> but ultimately I think a lot of people think it's conspiracy theory, but there's really nobody to blame. It's just a system that needs needs to be updated. It's very bureaucratic too, so I mean any
2: bureaucratic system is slow to change. Yeah. I think like I know like the in the United States, for example, the Bush administration, the Obama administration, both of them have Invested in trying to improve the system, but I think it's still it's it's still too tied to its roots. What
0: do you mean by tied to its
2: roots? It's too similar to like the old way of doing it. Mm-hmm. It's something really like Justin was saying something very innovative, like very um, I don't know. Uh, it's
0: kind of game changing, a change in their motivation changing, for yeah. learning. You know,
1: well, part part of it is like I mean, if you think about the revolution of the internet that happened. You know, yeah, so quickly it, that's happening. It's, you know, nineteen ninety like six, nineteen ninety five. Yeah. The internet first really um, hit the scene. What it do it you mean hit by it. hit the scene? Hit the scene. It arrived on the scene. Mm-hmm. It arrived on the on the on the. It in the became world. accessible, kind of. <laughs> yeah. So, but really, it's changing really fast. So I think a lot of the bureaucratic people that are controlling the world, you know, they're not really from the era. They're not digital natives. Mm-hmm. You um, know, millennials. Maybe. Yeah, or they're not. They don't really have like the depth of of, of really knowledge and awareness about the internet, right?
0: I, I really think also that the internet is. It's. We said oh, I was like twenty years old now, but I think we're really just at the beginning of something. Like we can't even really imagine what the internet is going to bring in the next next twenty years. You know, and just
2: the fact that like now because of smartphones, it's become so much more accessible, like in the third world and this whole thing that the um, developing world, Ethan. In the developing world. Is that, that
1: culturally insensitive? What is that? Uh, oh, but a lot of people think that actually calling it the third world, it, it, it just kind of like makes it kind of inferior. Oh, okay. Sure. Maybe yeah, it's, maybe it's not it. so politically correct. Yeah. It's the C
2: world, you know, like the... It's the developing. You the developing. <laughs> the, F, the F world. But, the, but even, the failure world. But even that, 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 <laughs>
1: that's kind of messed up even like, even calling it the developing and the developed world because it's like the developed world is still developing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. It definitely needs to develop a lot more. Yeah.
0: Cool. Uh, but sorry um, what were you
2: saying I was just saying the, the access to the internet now has become so so global and it's just expanding so it's like now we have all these people from corners of the world that like weren't communicated before are now coming onto the scene onto the internet and we're all connected and we can all communicate and so we have all these new ideas coming in from like all these far flung corners of the world far flung yeah what does far flung mean it kind of means like isolated like far yeah. away
1: but flung is like to fling right to throw right yeah, to, th- to throw yeah yes. So, I think this is an ideal time even to bring back into the conversation global citizenship, right? Last podcast was about that, but we're talking about all this integration, all this hyper-connection, right? Smartphones. Everybody's going to have a smartphone in the next, like, five, ten years, mm-hmm. you know? Even, maybe even sooner. 90% of the world in the next five years is going to have a smartphone. So, we're all connected, right? Mm-hmm. So, ultimately, we, we all need to evolve our consciousness to the point where we, we, we think of ourselves as, like, one nation, as one people, really, mm-hmm. and this this idea of global citizenship. You know, you have all these people coming from the developing world. Maybe they, you know, they're not really connected to the global scene. Mm-hmm. So education really, really is prioritizing more and more this this idea of the global citizen. I know it's part of the standard curriculum in the United States. More and more, mm-hmm. and other countries as well. The European Union recently published a report, just saying this is the number one priority. Or. Uh, not the European Union, United Nations, they said this is a, a really a top priority for education, really bringing people to the point where it's like they have a global awareness so we can solve these global problems mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. It's the only way we're going to be able to really move forward yeah, right, yeah. Into, into a new era. That's big. That's a game changer there.
2: What's a new era? A new era is, is an era
1: past... Um, I don't know. We're talking about the Industrial Revolution, right? Yeah. That's one era. And then and then... This revolution into the information age.
2: It's a period of time, right? Yeah. That's kind of like marked by something specific. Yeah, it's the the information age,
1: right? This is evolving forward and kind of, you know, going back to that that Global Citizen, that big picture video by Jason Silva Mm -hmm. that we talked about last time and that we shared. Yeah. Um, It's talking about a new era when we we really start to transcend our physical, cultural, linguistic barriers, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's almost like
2: could be dawning like a new renaissance sort mm-hmm. of era where it's like all these people that are, all of a sudden everyone in the world is going to be connected all these ideas flowing around that you know before weren't accessible to so many billions of people it's going it could just create like an, a huge global renaissance and with technologies
1: coming along like like um virtual reality augmented reality augmented reality and know there's like
2: something really i think People aren't so aware of it here in Brazil, but something I've been seeing like a lot is this um, this new game, Pokemon Go, which is mm-hmm. basically augmented reality. It's an app that you get on your phone. Um, Wait, what's having, the difference between augmented and virtual? So, virtual reality is like where you put on you put on a headset, like goggles or whatever, and it's like you're in a completely you can be like on the moon or whatever, looking back at Earth or something. Augmented reality, it just takes what you're actually looking at and it puts something very realistically there that is not actually there so Mm -hmm. it's like it helps you it it augments it kind of improves or changes um, the real thing so I think the really the reason that this this new game Pokemon Go has gone so viral is because it's uh, it's really accessible augmented reality where it's like this, this game Pokemon, which before it's like you just play on a small device, on a Game Boy. We talked about that <laughs> the Game time. Boy. <laughs> um, yeah. Now it's like all of a sudden on your phone you can interact with Pokemon in the real world and actually, you know, uh, the thing in the States right now is just getting huge because all these people are going to the street and trying to, like, catch Pokemon, like, on, you know, in their neighborhood or whatever. Yeah. So I think it's like you, you see this kind of technology becoming really accessible and for education this could be really huge for global citizenship I think it could be even bigger mm-hmm.
1: this is a rabbit hole we can travel down in this podcast <laughs> yeah. we talk for hours about right what do you mean a rabbit hole a rabbit hole it's like Alice in Wonderland right There's <laughs> a, a rabbit goes down into a hole into the earth right oops that's a meeting uh, we have
0: a meeting soon, so we have to wrap this podcast up rabbit hole
1: the rabbit hole means something we can go down that um, that path that road that way mm-hmm. we can talk more about it but um It's like an endless hole. Like when you go down there, there's no. You just keep
0: falling and falling and falling. We we can
1: we can keep going talking about global citizenship, and we 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 can talk about we were planning to talk about um, teaching more, right? Future of education. Future of education. Well, yeah, but the teacher part of it, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe that's a whole other podcast. I think so. But um, just finally, what we're doing for this, I think that's a good way to, to end, right? Yeah. What Real Life English is doing because this is um we're talking about this because this is stuff we're thinking about this is stuff we care about and this is stuff we're trying to integrate into um, Real Life Global this you know this social English learning experience which uh, we're preparing to bring to you in the next few months mm-hmm.
0: yeah it's, a, it's, a, it's a, the, the new version of our previous platform Real Life Global we're obviously trying to uh, use uh, we're, we're creating a platform so it's not just helping you with your English but it's also going to help you connect with like-minded people from all over the world and actually give you a more global perspective by actually introducing you to different cultures and different ways of thinking and people with different mindsets for example
1: so just going back to we're talking about all these problems with education in general right the same problems are, are, are existing in the English learning education system too the same problems and it's in a huge need of an update so we think we can really offer a great contribution to that
0: can I get an ah oh, yeah Oh yeah Nothing like finishing the podcast with a good oh, all yeah. yeah..
2: I might just say too... if, if no, no, we already did the oh, all yeah, yeah so the podcast. <laughs> 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 but I might just say too, if you're actually interested in the platform, if it sounds really interesting to you, you could probably actually help us out, just let us know, send us an email. Mm-hmm. Chad at com. That's right. Justin at com. Let me guess.
0: Ethan. At reallifeglobal.com.
2: It's not Mr. V at Global.com. Oh, no. Oh, we damn. can change it, maybe. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, guys. Uh, we are going to play them out with something. Maybe a song. the song that we shared the other day. Mumford and
2: Sons playing with? Uh, I, Baba or something like that. Okay. A guy from South Africa. Okay. He's like a really cool kind of like tribal spiritual leader. Yeah, yeah.
0: And he was—he's uh, not even—he po- became famous because of his amazing voice, right?
2: Yeah, th- he just uh, kind of has the role, I think, in his tribe of being kind of the spiritual leader, and part of that is singing. Mm-hmm. But because he was like so amazing, he got really popular in South Africa. Yeah, his voice is... Mumford and Sons—they're from England, or from? I think they're from England. Yes. And they—they, uh, they, I guess, they created a whole album with him, but yeah. there's a song that's become quite popular now. Yeah. Called. Called, we will post it in
0: the podcast, in the show notes, right? Wow, that's a great title. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, Mumford and Sons and Baba, man. We, we, Who are surely. Yeah, just, let's quickly look it up. Shirley. Let's quickly look it up. right yeah. here. Uh, okay. Unedited, so you, you guys get to hear all the background noise and stuff. Means, we have to entertain you while Ethan's looking. <laughs> exactly.
2: <Yeah. laughs> um, there it is. There will be time. And the, the South African guy's name is Baba Mao. Baba Mao. Something like that.
0: Okay. So there you go, guys. Hope you really enjoy this song. Thank you for joining us here today. And you will hear from us next week here in the Real Life English Podcast, right? We're actually back. We're back. Yeah, this time we are back. Yeah. For good, right? Yeah. All right, guys. Well, have an amazing morning, afternoon, evening, night, whatever. And uh, if you guys want to leave us any messages, just go to the show notes. Of this podcast, which will be called uh, reallifeglobal.com forward slash
2: education. Education is that taken? Mm, I think no, I don't think so. Okay, it's, it's easy enough to remember. education
0: okay. forward slash education, and you can leave a comment. We'd love to hear about what you thought about these ideas and this podcast in general. So, until next time, have a great day. Oh yeah! Yeah yeah! One two three! Oh yeah! One two three! Oh, oh yeah! yeah.
1: You're talking all along.
0: Let me hear them Holy me When you me All do not in the cold light I live To love and adore you
1: It's all that I have In the cold light I live To lonely live for you It's all that I it's all that I and then only me,
0: I'm I my let me eat them. We let me eat them.
1: Open up my eyes to a new light I wanna drown you dark and land all night But I lift up my eyes to a new high and indeed there will be time in the cold to so love and adore you so it's all that I have in the cold light I'm new. I longed for you. It's all that I have.